Hey, hey, everybody, it's Steve. And this is Andy. And, and this is Kodak Presents Steve and Andy Meet Adventure Comics number 111. God. Kodak is no longer a company, I think. Really? Right? Didn't they go bankrupt and sell all their patents? Or they don't make they don't make oh. things anymore, right? Kodak.com, science, art, and industry. So they, so they do... Okay, so they are a company, but they are not our sponsors. No, they're I still mean, in Rochester. They're still in Rochester, New York. They're they're a shell of their former selves, though. We can all agree on that. Yeah, their operating income in 2011 was negative uh, six hundred million dollars. <laughs> their net income in 2011 was negative seven hundred and sixty-four million dollars. You know what? We as an enterprise made more last year. Stephen Andy meet Adventure <laughs> Comics made more. <laughs> Their, their total assets in 2011 was $4.67 billion, but their total equity in yeah. 2011 was $2.35 billion. That hurts. Yeah, it does. That hurts. Uh, that, that concludes your Kodak moment brought to you by Kodak. We do, we're, we'll we're do this be every episode. Yeah, we'll, like... do, we'll do like a once great company. <laughs> There's a lot of them in these, in these issues. You know, we're going back through... Yeah. The classic adventure comics. This is ones from 1946, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, December 1946, number 111. And one great thing about these, besides all the wacky Superboy, etc., is yeah. the is the ads. And most right. of the companies in in these uh, ads are defunct or that you wouldn't see them advertising in a no. in a magazine. Except uh, except RC Cola, it's still going strong. That's the only one. They they really won the Cola Wars. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They I mean they really did when you think about it. I mean if Kodak was a cola that is. <laughs> so the Cola Wars that I, I would say like Pepsi yeah. is like the um the Axis powers, I guess. And, <laughs> I guess and, and Coca Cola would be the allies. It depends on, on how much you like Diet Coke and everything. And then R- RC would be, like, the neutral countries. <laughs> RC like, is like Sweden. Like Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah, yeah Switzerland. Mm. All, of, Switzerland all of Pepsi's gold is, in, uh, is with RC Cola. <laughs> so why do we talk about... Why, why are we talking about Kodak? Well, um... I don't... Do you even want to mention it? It's just really bizarre, I think. Well, I mean, we can, a... we can... How about this? We'll talk about the front cover. Yep. Then we'll talk about the ad just a little bit. We'll just touch on it, okay? Okay, yeah. All right. So the so, front cover, Adventure Comics number 111. Yeah, it, it's taking place in, like, Daniel Plainville's uh, bowling alley in his basement. From there will be blood, correct? <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's what it looks like. It actually does look like it. <laughs> we see Su- – I'm confused about what's going on. Superboy's standing in a bowling alley, as you said. I think he put, I think he put that bowling ball in his mouth and spit it out. <laughs> it looks like he's spitting a bowling ball. Or, and it's or causing like, an explosion. It, it explodes, destroying the mechanism, uh, the the bowling pin mechanism. Definitely destroying destroying the bowling pins. Yeah. I'm I'm counting the bowling pins now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, so there, there's a bowling pin missing. He didn't even get a strike with those antics. No. Oh yeah. And it looks to me like there's a face. You kind of look on the the right side. Like there's a face looking. Oh my god, it does look like there's a face. I, like, I, and like, I think oh. you know some of these old bowling alleys used to have people back in the back, yeah. and they'd set up the pins. I think that's what's going on. And Superboy just is it, trying to kill this person. Yes, as usual, just showing off. What, yeah. What's he doing in a bowling alley anyway? Well, and like I said, I you know is this Daniel Plainville's? I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, it does look like it is someone's, like some millionaire's bowling alley in his right. basement. Right. Something. I mean, just... there's 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 no advertising. On the walls, it's only like a handful of lanes, like five lanes. It's six lanes, but so I <laughs> this mean, isn't a commercial bowling alley, is what you're saying. This is yeah, a private. That's what I'm and I think alley. that guy, the guy that's kind of staring at him, like, "What the hell are you doing?" It's his, and you know, Superboy just ruined one of the frames. Yeah, so. and he didn't. He didn't invite Superboy in either. No. He's like, "What are you doing here?" So, well, it, I mean, it's Superboy. I mean, it's obvious from the last two stories in this story. That Superboy's mission in life is just to ruin people's lives. It is, and this, I mean, last week, Superboy um, brought down a uh, an old man's uh, business, basically. Right. An honest business. He just brought yes. it down. And uh, the week before that, he humiliated a, just a innocent man. And For no other reason. Financial yeah. ruin. 
this week... For no other reason than he had a different philosophy than yeah, Superboy. Yeah, Superboy does not tolerate different ideas. And this, and this week, uh, so the other ones you could maybe... If you wanted to live in denial, which I wanted to live in denial, um, about Superboy, you could say, well, you know, it, the old man who who owned the pinball machines, he he was taking money from kids. He he wasn't, yeah. you know, they they were giving him the money, but he was kind of running a a, a little bit of a a shady business. A shady business. It wasn't an outright scam. No. Um. And uh, but but this week. Superboy just outright cheats and lies. Constantly. Bring... That's the thing. He continuously <laughs> cheats and lies. There's no... <laughs> and he, like, justifies it to himself at certain points. He is. It's, it's, it's a very twisted world of Superboy. Um, we mentioned earlier, before we get into the story, if, I, I might edit this out. I don't even know if I'm going to leave this in. But uh, uh, we mentioned Kodak and the other companies here. And, uh, again, a product of its time, right on the first page... Um, of course, the famous Kodak Brownie camera, right? It was one of the first yeah. personal consumer-level cameras that came out. So there's an ad for it here. Uh, it says, aren't we terrific? Yeah, and, and it's and it's like people standing around, and, and one of them's just in blackface, which is... It's just... <laughs> I don't know. It's offensive, but it's also just... It's weird to see, and I guess we're, you know, as we read through these, we're reminded of, and, and there's a, yeah. a, and the other stories in this particular issue. Well, the Aquaman story is, yeah. is you know. It's just a, it's a, it was a bad time in the, in the 1940s, I guess. Um, and here we are, Kodak, uh, and, and it's just kind of, inex like, there's no real, uh, his three friends are smiling at his three friends are smiling at yeah, him. Yeah, the, the other people, the others aren't in blackface. It's just this guy. Just and... one guy. Yeah, he's in a tuxedo. <laughs> it's very odd, um, and and of course it's it, it's terrible, but it, it's just weird to see it in these old magazines. This kind of mm -hmm. it's old stuff, but uh, there you have it. Oh, Kodak brought to Kodak. you by Kodak. Yeah, I, I would say they they dropped that that ad campaign. All right, Superboy. As we mentioned, ruining lives again. We see in the splash page, uh, he's kind of flexing, showing off in front, in front of, of a, a lion. In front of a lion. There's a lot of other animals around. Uh, and we're back to the uh, for a couple issues. There, Superboy's proportions were more or less normal, but uh, now, now we're back, now we're back yeah. to the freakishly large head, small arm. I, I, I guess, like you know, whoever was was doing the um, the pencils on these. On these old issues, uh, didn't know how to draw children, so they just drew the proportions of a man and made the head bigger. That's that's what it looks like, right? I mean, and the arms are slightly stockier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, um, and I guess he had a two-issue break, maybe. <laughs> so the guy, whoever's was doing the freakish uh, Superboy is back. Yeah. We see how many grains of sand. <laughs> the, editor, the editor of the comic was like, we need a, like the freakish Superboy again. Bring like, give me more. Back. I need more racism and more freakish Superboy. And they delivered in this issue. They did. Yeah, say. they really did. So we see uh, the splash page. How many grains of sand in the desert? How many drops of water in the ocean? And even if you knew, how could you prove it? Yes, there's an answer to that last question, believe it or not. And Superboy shows the way to it in this quizzical tale of lightning wits and thunderbolt action. There's no thunderbolt action. There That's is no action at all. There's really no lightning That's wits thing. either. Well, there's not. But, I mean, there's definitely no action. Superboy doesn't even solve a crime or anything. <laughs> he never does. As he comes through with amazing... <laughs> It's fun to come go back and read these after I've read the issue because <laughs> they're so stupid. Um, with amazing responses to solve the dilemma of the Wiz Quiz Club. That's hard to say. It's not even a yeah, no. It's not even a dilemma though. No, there's no dilemma. No. I mean, I'm. It's. We'll find out. Let's get to it. Yeah, yeah. We open with Superboy, or in fact, Clark Kent. He's right. chatting with his pal Jack Smart. He's a reporter from Metropolis Daily Planet. So uh, so again, we're kind of like in this weird thing where I thought Smallville was in Kansas, but here he is as a kid hanging out in Metropolis. Yeah, he takes the subway into Metropolis. I don't, or maybe maybe Jack Smart is a writer for the Daily Planet, but he, he's like a beat writer for Smallville. 
Because, <laughs> I mean, the, it's known that Superboy lives in Smallville, so it, it would make sense that they have a writer out there to cover Superboy happenings. I guess that's true. Or, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know when we get get Smallville's in Kansas, and it's not just, like, outside of Metropolis. Right. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's always hinted at that it's nearby Metropolis. Like, maybe yeah. it's in New Jersey if Metropolis was... Uh... New York was New York, yes. but I guess I but I guess like Metropolis is like Kansas City or something, right? <laughs> so yeah, in this, the, the, the maybe it's Detroit and <laughs> it's uh, like it's like Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> so uh, you know, Clark's talking to for some reason he has, he has he's friends with a, a reporter. It's odd. Um, well, Je- well, I should say Jack Smart was also friends with Jerry Sandusky. So. <laughs> That might answer the question. So, okay. uh, and just then, a uh, they're, they're talking about how hard it is to be a reporter, and 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 to his face, Jack, this guy comes up, and Jack Smart says, uh, "Hey, here's someone who tried to be a reporter and totally flopped. It's Ed Moon, and poor Ed Moon. He's 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 a, he was just humiliated to his face in front of this this little kid, and he says, "Hey, uh, Jack, uh, why don't you give me? Can I borrow five dollars? He just got fired from his job." With a donut company, he was the, a publicist. The, the de- he has publicity. Devil and donut people, yeah. And uh, Jack Smart just has this look on his face. He's just, you know, that's the tenth job you've lost. Ed Moon is a guy who's down on his luck, you know, and and I yeah. feel bad for him. And you think, okay, good, Superboy is going to do something to help Ed Moon out. He's surely not going to ruin him and humiliate no, he wants him for the, no reason. He wants the, the humiliation to continue. <laughs> Superboy has that look on his face where he's like, oh, here's a guy down on his luck. I can't he wait goes, to kick he's, him. He's, he's, I can't wait, can't wait to kick him. Kick him when he's down. Yeah. Um, so Superboy walks away. He's like, I got to go. My school class is working. We're working up a quiz team like they have on the radio. <laughs> it's just for fun. You know, I like how he team. throws that in there just for fun. Yeah, he's like, no, we're not nerds. It's for fun. Yeah. And you know, I- we're doing it ironically, you know. <laughs> We really don't like it. Yeah. Oh, Clark's such a hipster. He is. Uh, but that hearing that, Ed Moon gets an idea. A kid radio quiz team, uh, he, he'll he get him on the air, offer him $1,000, give it to the community fund if they get all his answers, or if they answer all of his questions correctly. In fact, actually, he says, I'll give them $1,000 if they answer all of my questions. So he didn't even say they had to get them correct. That's true. Yeah, he didn't. I thought maybe they would exploit that loophole. It's not. <laughs> no. And then that, again, wouldn't be, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't have been humiliating enough. And again, just uh, instead of saying, like, hey, that's a good idea. You know, this is for charity. That's, it's helping everybody. Of course, Jack Smart just really smugly says, yeah, yeah. Where, where are you going to get that money, you dirtbag? And he does say dirtbag, which is weird. And, uh, of course, Edmund says, hey, look, I don't need the money. They're not going to get all of my questions right. I'm going to throw some quick trick questions in there, you know. Don't worry about it. And <laughs> as he's walking away, Jack Smart says, you know, hey, you better watch out. Those kids aren't stupid. The next day at school, the teacher's announcing, yes, we're, we're going to send the, the quiz team, and they're going to go live on the radio. The kids are excited. The community fund. I don't know what that is. What's the community fund? I don't either. Fund? I, I don't but, know. I guess but, it's a fund for the community. <laughs> excited. Is uh, it for Metropolis or is it for Smallville? It's a good question. It's probably to buy more pinball machines since they... <laughs> They've been outlawed. They've been banned. In, uh, they have. It's, it's like pull, pull tables in River City. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question now. Okay, so <clears throat> they're on the radio and it's Ed Moon. And he's hosting the show. That's what we see next. So, did Ed Moon, like, start his own radio station? Is this, like, some sort of, like, public radio? Not, and I don't mean, like, NPR, but you know how, like, most big cities have, like, a volunteer radio station? No, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This is the first. I don't know if you've listened. It's an NPR show. <laughs> it, it, with Ed Moon. This is uh, This American Life with Ed Moon. I don't know, like, how did it, it, Ed stuff Moon... stuff you didn't learn in history class? <laughs> Ed Moon has no job. No, I, you just... know what, this This is the, like, the or Ed Moon is the original podcaster. <laughs> I think he is. I don't know how he, like, he's so happy because he's making money. And the thing but is, But he's like, not making any money, that's what that, I like. And this isn't yeah, a money-making right. scheme. That's what's so weird. I, I feel like he's putting this on, the kids are loving it. 
it's you know it's getting him back in the limelight and maybe he has a shot at a job right yeah essentially let's say essentially that's why he's doing this right he's trying to use this as kind of like a resume yeah he's like look i'm helping you kids out you help me out we're gonna have the you know your whiz club on, on the air you guys are gonna get to be on the radio it's helping everybody out but, but in, like but i don't know who's bro- i don't know who's broadcasting it it's true they're not even microphones. They're just sitting in front of RC Cola cans. It's like he came up. He came up with this in the next day. They're on the radio. If it was this easy, then he shouldn't have a hard time getting a job. I know, but Ed. I don't know. He's I mean, Ed is, he, Mo- is he's, he is he is he hosting this show for free? I don't. He's he, what I like to think is he has put his he had some savings tucked away. Yeah, he put all of his savings into this production. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's really helping everyone out. Yes, the kids have to get all the questions right. I mean, yes, w- we should move on. Yeah, we, we'll see what the questions are. All right. He asked them some questions, and immediately it just Superboy just turns just mean. I guess. Well, I that's that's continuing. He didn't just turn mean. He always is. Because the first thing Clark Kent asks is, "Why are you putting us on this program? Like, what are you doing?" You yeah. have no job. Uh, Ed Moon's like, you know, just why not? It's fun for everybody. You know, he goes, this is Ed Moon, folks, bringing you my new whiz quiz club program. Three bright boys will now try to win $1,000 for the community fund. All right. So the first question goes to Bobby. Look at the audience he's got. <laughs> There's like 100 people out there. I know. Here he actually looks a little like uh, Ed Moon looks a little like um, uh, LBJ a little bit. If you a know. little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Of- a little foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> he says, now Bobby Wilkins. All well, right. don't you remember when, when LBJ did this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a popular Austin area radio program. It, isn't, his... isn't that what actually what the movie Selma's about when he tried to have Martin Luther King on his, uh, <laughs> yeah, on quiz, his show. quiz show? <laughs> yeah. All right, Bobby, here, take these two numbers, 643,101 and 6,284, reverse them mentally. And divide the larger by the smaller. Two seconds. And Bobby's like, uh, me? Look, somehow Bobby got it right. The answer's 21. <laughs> I, I, and it's never explained how Bobby knew that. I'm assuming he cheated. He's got a computer brain. He's a robot. <laughs> uh, next question goes to Johnny Lee. Can you tell me the land area and population of the world? Let, and Johnny goes, okay, uh, land area 500, uh, 51,200,000. 30,217 square miles, an estimated population. He's given an estimated population. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, that should be right there, disqualification. Yeah, the estimated population is 2.1 billion people, which is, what are we at, like 8 billion now? Something like that, yeah. Much smaller world. Yeah, but a lot of people, a lot of people started doing it after reading this issue, because they were like, (laughs) we gotta pump, we gotta gotta pump up that population. Uh, of course, that's right, and uh, Ed Moon this, starts this to issue, sweat this issue, this issue is like a Marvin Gaye album. Yeah, it is. It's an aphrodisiac. It came with a warning on it. It did, yeah. We should have warned our listeners before. <laughs> he goes, all right, uh, now here's your next question, Clark Kent. And and Clark just goes, I can tell this is going to be a tough one. So they join this, and, and he never said these questions are going to be fair, right? I mean, he could ask that's, him whatever he wants. Correct. It's his quiz show. Yeah. So he asked Clark, you pass, you know, the park every day on your way to school. How many trees are in it? And Clark thinks to himself, oh, I've never counted them. But he has. It's a trick. Well, of course he counted them. He asked the question. Yeah, that's not really a trick. That's you know, just I mean, how it... questions work, Clark. Right. I mean, yeah. It's like, I don't know it, but he does. So he's tricking me. Yeah, like if he was taking a, like a test at school. And, and here's the worst part. Clark says he used a trick. So I'm entitled to use one, too. Right, it so he makes just makes me sick. Yeah, he uses his X-ray vision to peer outside. It's a good thing that they were right by the the park. He looks outside. He says eighty-seven elves, one hundred three oaks, sixty-two maples, and three hundred eleven poplars. That makes five hundred sixty-three in all. And uh, Ed Moon says, "Great Caesar, that's right." And he goes, "Wait, there's uh, another part to the question." And Ed Moon's sweating it now, of course. Oh God, yeah. Well, he has a perspiration problem anyway. <laughs> Just then, uh, they they take a break for station identification, and uh, Superboy's thinking, "I better use my X-ray to see what's coming next." That it's cheating. You're cheating. Yeah, so he's so he's reading what the next question is, and he goes, "Oh, he's gonna ask me how many 
hares are at the lion's tail at the zoo and how many fish are in the park lake. And just then he, he ducks out as Superboy, ducks beneath the table, changes into Superboy clothes, flies off, goes to the zoo, counts the, uh, just, just counts the uh, hairs on the lion's tail. And then he gives, like, crap to the uh, people that are watching him. Yeah, they're going, wow, it's Superboy. He goes, hey, quiet, I'm, <laughs> I'm counting. And uh, he, he dives into the lake, counts all the fish, and he makes it back just in time. Uh, he goes, I'm here. What's the next question? Right as the show's coming back on, Ed, Ed Moon says, uh, uh, he asks the questions, and Clark says, there are 103 and a half hairs in the lion's tail, one being broken. And the lake has 723 goldfish, 139 bass, and 111,112 polywogs. And uh, Ed Moon goes, that's wrong. Sorry. Better luck next time you lose. And uh, after the program, uh, we see Clark Kent talking to uh, Mr. Sharp. He's sh- uh, smart. Smart. Jack Smart. He says, uh, it wasn't fair. Who could prove those answers? Even if you were wrong, he, he can't prove you're wrong. Uh, Superboy says, I've got to meet someone. Hold on. He ducks away, changes into the Superboy costume, flies back into the studio. And this now it's just intimidation. Yeah. Because he well, grabs. First he, he kidnaps Ed Moon first. Yeah. Ed Moon says, put me down. Superboy grabs him and flies away, dunks him into the lake. This is kind of like waterboarding torture. Kind of. And it just so happened like a radio reporter was there for yeah, some reason. And he's, and he's reporting on it. And we see Superboy. But he's like dunking him underwater. Says, "Count the fish, count them." And Ed Moon says, "No, no." He's like, no. "Please, no, God." And now they go to the lion's cage. He says, "Don't do it, don't do it." He, Ed Moon says, "This is ghastly." Superboy, <laughs> he's holding. Superboy picks up the lion and throws him in front of Ed Moon's face. And he goes, "Count him, count the." And he goes, oh, "I'll just take your word for it." Intimidating. <laughs> and Superboy says. Uh, now that you're turning honest, maybe we'll understand each other. That's just hum- it's just wrong, I think. Why oh, now? Meanwhile, listening in on the radio is uh, <laughs> we see this businessman. Um, it's it's the guy that owns Devlin Donuts. Yeah, and he he stops by. Uh, but but we see Ed Moon say, "I'm sorry, I've learned my lesson. I'll never exploit others again." Superboy just says, that's something. Just then the uh, the donut guy comes up. He's Al Devlin, president of Devlin's Donuts. He said he'll give $1,000 to the community fund, and he'll hire Ed Moon back since he tried so hard. And I thought, okay, at least something good came of this. Ed Moon says... Oh. Yeah, and Ed Moon says, Mr. Ed Moon's like, Mr. Devlin, you're too good to me. <laughs> he goes... And, and, that, and that's when Devlin sticks it to him. And he's got this smile on his face, the businessman Devlin. Who again owns a donut? He, not, you know, he's got a. He wasn't driving the car. No, that he was sitting in. in the back of his limo. Yeah. He's a fat cat. He's a Wall Street fat cat. And uh, and uh, he says, you know, I'm not too good to you, Ed Moon. Your record isn't perfect, so I'll have to cut your salary in half to start. And poor old Ed Moon just goes, well, I, I guess I'll try to work myself up again. And Ed Moon's not a young guy. Let's, let's no, he's here. like in his. He's about to retire. I mean, he's on death's door, one oh foot in the grave. God. And then in the next day, we see Wiz in, in the Daily Planet. Wiz, it's the front page. Yeah. Well, this Wiz is like Quiz Club story. starts Superboy in, a star Superboy in $1,000 context. It was written by Jack Smart. He, he's thinking, telling Clark Kent, it, it, Superboy practically handed me that story in a silver platter. What a kid he is. And then he tells Clark to look in the hole in his hand for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Um, it was disgusting. That is, it, it was. That's the the worst case of uh, exploitation we've seen so far. By yeah, and I'm I'm afraid to read the new issues. No, uh, Superboy is literally is like a villain. It's like he was a villain that had his own comic book at one time. <laughs> Next page, we have Lou Little, champion football coach at Columbia University. Yeah, that's the time. Is does Columbia even have a? Uh, I don't know a football team anymore. If they do, they they suck probably. <laughs> Ever since the Lou Little era. Oh, I know. Yeah, look Lou Little up real fast. Lou Little's uh, it's a Wheaties Breakfast of Champions commercial. He Wheaties the... is still around, right? I mean, people. Oh still yeah, yeah. Lou Little was the Urban Meyer of his day. <laughs> he died in 1979. He was murdered. I made that part up. <laughs> he, was... he was eighty. He was eighty-five. He, he, was... he died on a quiz show. <laughs> yeah. 
He's uh he's in the college football hall of fame. I will say that. Okay. So Lou Little, he was born in 1893. Yep. He died in 1979. In college, he was he played tackle for Pennsylvania. Okay. So as the a, University of Pennsylvania, then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as a coach, from 24 to 29, he was at Georgetown. From 30 to 56, he was at Columbia. Wow. But before that, he was in. He was a professional football player playing for the Franklin Yellow Jackets. Oh. The Frankfurt. The Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. Excuse me. <laughs> Is that Frankfurt, Kentucky? Uh, Frankfurt, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you go, Lou. What's mm. his name? Lou Little. Yeah, and he won the. Uh, he's best known for two wins: the 1934. Rose Bowl, when Columbia beat Stanford seven to zero, and a twenty-one twenty win over Army in nineteen forty-seven, in which the the Lions handed the Cadets their first loss since the nineteen forty-three season. <laughs> he looks like a nice guy. Oh my God! At Columbia, little coach, future po- pro football Hall of Fame quarterback Sid Luckman and Jack Kerouac. <laughs> what? Yeah, he coached Jack Kerouac. That's, That's who should have been in that Wheaties ad. <laughs> Jack Kerouac's breakfast is just whiskey and cigarettes, probably. No whiskey, cigarettes, and Wheaties. He just pours the whiskey in the Wheaties. <laughs> and lights it on fire <laughs> and smokes it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. He was also in the U.S. Army from 1917 to 1918, so he was in World War I. Wow, Lou what a storied life. The champion football coach, and he's promoting Wheaties here in 1946. Won the Rose Bowl. His coaching record wasn't even very good. 151 wins, 128 losses, and 13 ties. Oh, that's a lot of ties. And he only went to one uh, bowl game, the 1934 Rose Bowl. Like, he really deserves to be... uh, this was in the day when maybe there were, like, two, three bowl games, right? Well, yeah, there weren't a yeah. whole lot of bowl games at that time. Did know. he? Did he ever go to the Chick Fil A bowl? Yeah, he did. He went to the Tostitos, <laughs> the to- Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> all right, the Green Arrow story. We'll have, to, we'll have to do a special one of these days talking about all the old bowl names because there was some good ones. Because you know there was the Refrigerator Bowl at one time. It was it just they played in a, in a in giant refrigerator, I think. Yeah, no, they, there was all kinds of wacky bowl games. Like the there still bowl. are a lot of weird. Yeah, but there was some real. I mean, yeah. the San Diego, the San Diego, San Diego County Poinsettable is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bizarre name. Was that on Christmas or something? Christmas Eve? Yeah, probably. Yeah, we should do a. Uh, we'll do a bull special uh, sponsored by Lou Little. Yeah. All right, the Green Arrow story. Turn back the clock, back to ancient myth and legend, to Diana the Huntress, whose magic bow knew no equal. And witness a thrilling contest of skill, speed, and wits when the Green Arrow and Speedy, master bowmen of our age, go backwards through time and keep a date with Diana. I, you know what? That's what? pretty accurate about what what happens. They're pretty close, but it does say that they're in a contest, and because it seems like every story we read is them in a contest, I actually thought they were going to be in a contest. <laughs> so the splash page, they're like jumping out of this clock. And one yeah. hand's pointing to something that says 20th century, and the other one's pointing to sometime B.C. There was another one that just said unrecorded time. <laughs> so we open on Diana many, many years ago. The maiden fair roamed in the deep forest, armed with a bow and arrows, and it's written that she was as fleet as the deer that raced with her. We see her running through the forest with a couple deer. What if, it said she was, what if it said she was as fleet as the foxes? And there was a reference <laughs> to fleet foxes. <laughs> We see her shooting the bear uh, in the mouth mouth of an arrow. It seems cruel. She had no fear. Her arrows always hit the mark, which means she meant to shoot it in the mouth. Um, Yeah. She lived in this giant castle, and her guiding light was wise old Aeus. Yeah, it's Aeus. Aeus. He loves anus. (laughs) It was wise old Anus, (laughs) who could gaze into the future and work magic. He's petting that weird deer thing. Yeah, we see her kind of walking up. To this old, he's kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi looking, but he's more bald and yeah. his beard's longer. And uh, she just says, you aren't trying to scare me, are you, A.S.? He goes, no, my dear, it's true. There is another mighty bowman, possibly even greater than you. But he lives in another era, hundreds of years in the future. She looks shocked. Yeah. And then we see him kind of conjure up this smoke cloud, and we see Green Arrow shooting a guy holding a gun in the hand. Because they call him Green Arrow, I can see him quite clearly. I was hoping he'd say, they call him Bucky. <laughs> Bucky always forgotten about. 
She goes, your science lies. The earth isn't getting warmer, and I'm the greatest archer. See, I can pierce the falling leaves with my arrows, and she's shooting didn't, leaves out of a tree. When Aeus was talking about uh, uh, global warming, didn't she also say your science lies? Yeah, that's exactly. She's like, your science lies. We didn't evolve from lower species, and I'm the greatest ar- archer. Gravity is just a theory. She says, <laughs> I, she's shooting roses off of bushes. She's like, no one can surpass me. Uh, and back in the 20th century, we see Oliver Queen and Roy Harper. They're at a museum walking around, and it, by coincidence, they just happen to... Wait, we should say they're not walking around. It's shown in the next panel that they're sitting by a fire in this museum. <laughs> That's true, actually. That's really bizarre. I didn't notice that. So they're uh, just hanging out, staring at her statue. Yeah, we see they're at a statue of uh, the goddess of the hunt, uh, Diana. And yeah, they're sitting. Yeah, that's right. It's in a museum, but they're sitting by a fireplace. Yeah, I I've never seen a lit fireplace at a museum before, but maybe it's... this is a this is a nice museum. <laughs> maybe it was really cold, <laughs> and maybe they just they were lighting uh, priceless artifacts on fire. Probably. Uh, yeah. Oliver Queen says yes, Roy Diana. Let the led the hit parade. Her magic arrows never missed. He says, take the time when she fought a villain named Carpo. (laughs) He was the other Mark's brother. (laughs) Uh, Back in Diana's time, we see the castle of the evil Carpo. I was, I I kind of like to think he lives in the castle Grayskull or (laughs) something like that. That's where He-Man lived. Oh, that's right. Where did uh, did Skeletor live? Um, I can't remember what it was. No, he lived in like a castle. I don't remember what it was. Hold on, let me see if I can find out what it's called. It's Castle Carpo. Yeah, probably. Skeletor Castle. Carpo does look like a He-Man villain to me. He's got this like weird, mm-hmm. wily mustache and a helmet that, in the toy version, would probably like spin around. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I saw it the other day because I was like, "Oh, what the hell is this called again?" And um, chaos. It's something <laughs> generic, isn't it? Where, what, where did Skeletor live? Yeah. Did you have the Skeletor? Uh, playset yeah i actually hit all the he-man stuff do you still have them no i don't but i even hit like a battle cat hobby horse and everything you know uh my cousin ricky our mutual friend there has uh he had the uh, he-man swing set and the Mm -hmm. and like the seesaw was a battle cat yeah that was pretty cool those are probably very rare these days. Probably, still yeah. in existence. Snake Mountain. Oh, uh, okay. So, the, uh, Carpo is if, if you remember on the toy, it had, like, this, like, wolf head that he could pull out, and then it was, like, a microphone, but it was, like, one of those spring microphones that really didn't work very well. Oh, okay. I, uh, He-Man was a little before my time, I think. Yeah, it was. I mean, I kind of I mean, had the rollover from my cousins, uh, like, just, just He-Man stuff was around when I was a kid, but, uh, I, it, the Ninja Turtles, I guess, were the really the first big. Craze. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't like a huge Turtles fan, but I loved uh, Masters of the Universe. So, uh, what's wh- when are they making a new He-Man movie? Uh, it I feels like know. a lot of the properties from the late '90s and '80s have been. Exploited. It seems like it. It seems like it's just kind of like in um, like development hell. It seems like they've been trying to do it for. Oh, like, they are trying to do it. Uh, yeah, it. yeah. It who, just seems who like. Who would it's... you cast as? Uh, I almost said Adam West. <laughs> as I, I Adam. Would probably would. I would probably would cast Adam West. I'd, I'd cast him as Skeletor. Yeah. Okay, so last. Let's see. Uh, the last time that we had people looked at, it was reported that directors Mike Cahill, Jeff Wadlow, Harold Zwart, and Chris McKay were on the short list to direct it. And on April 9th of this year, it was uh, announced by The Hollywood Reporter that Jeff Wadlow will direct the movie. And he directed Kick-Ass 2. Okay. So, I haven't seen he's that. Also, and he's also directing the upcoming X-Force movie. Uh, so. who, who would you cast to play uh, He-Man? Would you have the same actor play um, Prince Adam and He-Man? Uh, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. Um, They always looked exactly the same, so... I guess yeah, so. Yeah, even Prince Adam wasn't like scrawny either. He no, he like was He-Man like he was shirt still, yeah, he was just like yeah, he was ripped. You know, um, <laughs> who who would you cast as Manny? Shredded. 
who would I cast as Manny Face? I don't know. I don't know. The Rock. I'd probably I'd probably save him for the sequel. I'd probably oh. cast. I guess if I had to cast a big name star, The Rock would play him. Yeah. All right, back to Evil Carpo's castle. We see he's he's plotting the capture of Diana. He goes. Uh, the, the, the question is, who would you cast as Mechanic? <laughs> also, The Rock. I, I would cast everyone as The Rock. I probably would too. It'd be like a the Tyler Rock. Perry movie with everyone who plays. <laughs> One actor. He'd even play like Tila and Evil Lynn and stuff. <laughs> no characters. I, although I would cast Josh as Stinkor. <laughs> He'd be the one guy that The Rock wouldn't play. So back at, uh, at Evil Carpo's <laughs> castle. <laughs> what I liked about He Man, like almost every character had the OR at the end of their name. So it was Stinkor, Fakor, uh, oh, yeah. I I, I, Fisto. Yeah, Pisto. Yeah. He wasn't that uh, Manny Faces. Jiu-Jitsu. I know. Not everyone really Not everyone, did. but there, there were a, a lot. There were a lot. There were a lot of them that actually did, like, yeah. Because of the, at the meetings in Mattel, they're like, all right, we got this new technology. We can make toys smell weirder. All right, call him Stinkor. <laughs> Stinkor. Well, you know what's funny is that um, from what I always understood, I don't know how true this is, but uh, from what I always understood was that they were the first set were supposed to be like um, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, Actually, yeah. from the from the movie, but I guess because of it was a hard R with lots of nudity and graphic violence, Mattel didn't want to be associated with it, and so they turned uh, the molds into masters of the universe. It makes sense. I mean, the the He Man mold basically looks like uh, Conan. And th- there's an interesting book that I've wanted to get uh, about the. It's got a lot of design documents for the old He Man <laughs> toys and oh really like, the development process. I'll send you a link to it. It's like yeah. thirty bucks on Amazon. It's it looks really cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, like they're like, uh, early prototypes and stuff like that. It's got all that and it's pretty cool. So He-Man was like the original, uh, let's produce a TV show to sell this toy line, right? And yes. The, yeah. The toy yeah. line came first in every possible way, right? Yeah. I like this, his success led to things like the G.I. Joe revival and, right. yeah. And I mean, things like, uh. Uh, the Ninja Turtles and mm-hmm. I mean, what is what's the what's the thing today, right? Because really there's there no is. Saturday morning cartoons anymore. No. And to be fair, like things like Ninja Turtle, you know, that was from the comic book that started in '84. Yeah, but I true. bet someone, but I bet someone thought like, oh, we can turn these into toys, so let's have a cartoon from these. Well, well I know a lot of the Ninja Turtle toys didn't uh, originate from the comic. They book. didn't originate from the comics, and a lot, and they they produced the toy and released the toy. Mm-hmm. Before um, the whatever character would appear on the uh, on the show, so the yeah. the toy line guided what uh, what happened yeah. in the show, yeah, right. And and then things like Transformers and like I think like GoBots and stuff like it was already in a pre existing property, but not necessarily here. Yeah, yeah. And so they were just essentially commercials to sell the toys more so than anything else. But there's nothing like I mean, uh, obviously I'm out of touch with the. Uh, yeah, but I really don't think there are, like, I really don't think there are, like, like boy-oriented action cartoon shows anymore. Like, even on, like, Cartoon Network or anything. I mean, there might be, like, a Batman cartoon, but yeah, I think that's yeah. about it. But there's no, like, more or less, He-Man was a new property, right? I guess G.I. Yeah. Joe was older and, and Ninja Turtles yeah, but was some kind of... G.I. Joe was, like, from that old toy line, but the re... The revamped, rebooted G.I. Joe from the 80s and the one from the 70s, like, bear, like, nothing in common, really. I mean, if you go down a, a toy aisle in a in a Target or whatever, what yeah. are you going to see? Well, you see, like, you Star Wars toys. Oh, uh, okay. You see, like, WBF action figures. Uh, you see, uh, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys. Because I know there oh, is a, a movie. Back, uh, yeah, and I think there is, like, a, like a weekly cartoon. Oh, on, I like, see. Disney XD or something like that. Okay, okay. Um, Probably Minecraft stuff, right? That's like the big. Yeah, thing. you do see. Yeah, you see stuff like that. That's weird. And like, like from time to time, I guess like every once in a while, you'll see like a new like series of Cars toys. You know what I mean? Is like uh, Pixar's Cars. Yeah. So I know that's like a huge merchandise seller, which is why they made the sequel. Yeah, that's like by far the biggest uh, merchandise seller for a Pixar movie ever. Yeah, yeah, it, because the movie the movies don't do as well like financially as say some other ones and critically and everything else they're not well, as yeah, good yeah. yeah but um like the merchandising sells huge so and i guess i mean i was thinking this the other day a lot of like uh uh m- more popular new 
movies are just rehashes of older things, right? Like, uh, yeah. And in fact, I had trouble thinking of a an action movie or any big budget, uh, like non drama movie, sort of. Yeah. Like a blockbuster movie that is a new property in the past well, several years. Well, like San Andreas would be. I guess that isn't yeah. like company thing. I guess that's true. Um, did you, did you read the new news today um, that The Rock is going to star in a film version of Rampage, that the old video game? I it makes sense. I hope he plays all three monsters, but he'll probably play a guy <laughs> that's like involved, like trying to stop the monsters. You know. Yeah, I think it. it yeah, it's, it's going to be just a sad Godzilla clone. Yeah, pretty much. You know, well, I you s- know what happened was it's because God the new um, Jurassic World's making so much money. I know that's the worst thing to happen to movies in a long time is that movie being popular. And I contributed to it. I went and saw it uh, uh, Friday or Saturday it came out. Uh, I, I ended up seeing it sometime during the week, and it sucked. But it was bad, right? Like, yeah. I, I know that you're not a, a big no, because the first fan of the, the first one's movie. not the first one's not any good either. I don't understand the well, nostalgic uh, memories people uh, have of that movie. Okay, here, here's a I saw the first one maybe two years ago, so yeah, I have seen it somewhat recently, and I I don't think it's a bad movie because I think it it does a good job of building tension, you know, and it it doesn't just throw dinosaurs in your face, and the story is coherent i think if anything you could you have one to say i mean that. well wait, wait one like all the dinosaurs are way too smart even in jurassic park i mean in the new one it's kind of ridiculous but in the jurassic park i mean you have a velociraptor opening a goddamn door <laughs> well okay so they do explain it a, a little bit they attempt to at least yeah but i mean it's so stupid it would have been better if they didn't explain it at all and he's just opening up a door yeah, it is stupid. Like, yeah, I mean the I, way that the way that they're describing how smart they are in Jurassic Park. I mean, I expect this have a scene where like one of the Raptors is doing like the New York Times crossword puzzle. Yeah, but that that's almost where they went with Jurassic. Jurassic World was the, oh Jurassic it, World. They like I did expect like one of them to be doing it. You know, but like I you know I felt Jurassic Park, and also that fat kid at the beginning of the movie that goes oh why what that's not scary. Where who is he? Where did he come from? Nobody seems. He works to know on the dig. They're in the middle of nowhere. He works on the. Well, okay, and he's so... got some smart alley nine, early nineties kid coming out and saying this shit. And then when like Alan Grant starts talking to him about how raptors hunt, and he shows him the raptor. Why would that scare anyone? Raptors have been dead for sixty five million years. It's not like all of a sudden one's going to come get me. No, because the previous week Alan Grant killed the kid with a raptor claw. So that that's that would have been better. At, that would have been better. At you least. know, I would say those problems. So the the thing, it, yes, there's there's weird and dumb stuff that happens in Jurassic Park. But I feel like it did a decent job of, uh, of kind of titrating like, it. To, so, but, Newman, Newman's character, right? Who we who at the first time we see him see him in the movie, he's not on the island, so he knows how to leave the island relatively easily. And nobody knew he was off the island, so he knows how to get off of it without being noticed. How come he didn't know how to get out of the island again? Because it was raining. He was that trying to leave. Stop. I know. That doesn't stop you from knowing how to leave. I know. I think he was trying to leave and he got eaten by that. Well, he was. He was. But you don't forget directions because it's raining. Oh, the power he was, going was out. The, I, I think you could. He went the wrong way. I don't think those are so egregious. Like, the Jurassic World, there's stuff that. Why, like, the kids were like, oh, remember when we helped Grandpa with his Malibu? And they're able to, like, like, <laughs> like fix this, like, 25-year-old yes. Jeep? See, that stuff. So, I, you know, every movie you have to accept some things as a you know, the suspension of disbelief or whatever, right? And I, I think the first movie does a good job of, of, of easing you into the absurd stuff. Do you know what movie does that stuff without the absurd stuff in it? <laughs> but it's, but it's incredible has incredible tension and it doesn't throw the monsters in your face and it there's nothing stupid in the movie and it all makes sense it's a movie called jaws yeah i i think same jaws is made, a good movie too the same guy made it <laughs> i think jaws is and a good movie have, too. i do it think that any of the problems that jurassic park had. i think jurassic park if if you were to put jaws on one end and jurassic world on the other end uh, of a spectrum of suspension of disbelief or whatever right i think jurassic park falls in the middle but i think it's closer to jaws than it is to jurassic world because jurassic world just has stupid stuff happening in it all the time well yeah i know that it's 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 just like like uh 
you know what? In Jurassic Park, I, I don't know if I said or Jurassic World. Sorry. Uh, I felt like at times it was almost a parody of Jurassic. Well, Park. yeah, I, yeah, I thought, and I wonder I if they were, were doing times, that on purpose. Yeah, there were times where I was like, "Is this supposed to be a comedy?" And it was like parody almost. <laughs> but there was also like characters weren't consistent. Like the guy that owns Jurassic World, like when he first gets there, he's almost kind of like a, like kind of like a almost like a Bill Gates owner. He's kind of like like. Almost like, like, I don't care how much money we spend, and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, we can't do this because this thing costs $35 million. And it's yeah, like, all of a sudden, yeah. he becomes a completely different character. I know. The, I, the character shifts in, in the movie are, are confusing. And, and the girl who's in, who's in charge, the uh, red-headed girl. Bryce Dallas tra- Howard. Yeah, who's in charge of the um, like security on the park or something. And she's also in charge of promoting it. It's not clear like what her job is. Yeah, it wasn't really hundred percent. And then, like, she leaves to go find her nephews, niece and nephews. This, uh, why does why does Chris Pratt live on Jurassic World? <laughs> I, I didn't understand that. He like lives in a trailer on Jurassic World. See, I feel the the thing about Jurassic World that really got me is they you know you have a huge budget for a movie, right? Yeah, and 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 you have this property that people liked the first Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. And uh, I will still stand. It's not. It's a. It's a good movie. It's not the, a fantastic movie. It's a good movie. It's a watchable, fun movie. <laughs> you don't like it as much as I did, um, but uh, and they just put this trash out. It's just terrible. And it's and it won. It and it has like the record for the biggest opening weekend ever. I waited in a line. Yeah, to get it has the. the it also has the record for the second biggest weekend ever. It made one hundred and six million over the weekend. For its second weekend, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, it's insane, and it's really. It's bad. already made. It's already made over a billion dollars worldwide in like twelve days. That's like the fastest movie's ever done that. God. I really don't. I don't know why either. Because it's not like Jurassic Park three made a lot of money. Yeah, it's weird. Like Jurassic Park was a successful movie, but it's not like this well, mega the fir- franchise, well, the, right? Well, the first one was like a mega hit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the first one was a mega hit. But, like, two did well, but it didn't do great, and three did okay, you know? So I don't understand why this one's doing this this kind of business. You th- do you think that the new Star Wars movie is going to just be insane, or do you think it's going to... Oh, it's going to do huge box office. It's going to do, do huge box office. And it's not going to do, like, over $200 million the opening weekend, because movies in December don't do that. I know, but it's the Star Wars. There's so, so much hype surrounding the Star Wars movie. Yeah, well, the, the difference is, like, movies that are released during Christmas have, like, make money over a longer period of time. Uh, I see, I see. Some, okay. Like, summer movies, like, make a bunch of movie, money really fast. Yeah, okay. But yeah, summer movies... Like, Avatar came out at Christmas, and it only made, like, $77 million its opening weekend, but it still made, like, $670 million domestically, because it was, like, number one for, like, 12 weeks, something like that. I, uh, that was the first movie that I... Because most of the time, if someone says, hey, this is a good movie, you should go see it, I enjoy the movie. But Avatar was getting good reviews, everybody was talking about it, I said, yeah. oh, well, I guess I should go see it, and it was just bad. Yeah, it was. It's I like mean, how Jurassic Park or Jurassic World was. Yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, um, I think with Avatar, it just kind of. I think it was like the, the flavor of the month kind of thing because yeah. it's. But people still look back on it as. as a I don't think. That, enjoy. I don't. You know, I don't think people. No, I don't think so. Well, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, back to Diana's time. Yeah. To the castle of evil Carpo. Green Arrow is kind of like an avatar in this, right? <laughs> in a way, yeah. So we see evil Carpo. Remember, he's the uh, the mustachioed man out to get. Yeah. He wants to. He wants to. Uh... He wants her magic bow. Yeah, and he says, uh, "One guy said, hey, if we can capture Diana, we her land could be ours.' Because you're a fool. You forget her magic bow. With it, she can slay us by the hundreds." By the thousands. It's, I feel like Diana's the evil one here. I know, yeah. She's going to single-handedly massacre these people. <laughs> and one of the guy goes, But sire, we can cope with her magic bow. Listen. And he like whispers it in his ear, and he goes, Your plan has merit. I will listen Wait a minute. He says, listen. he says listen, and he goes, bzz, bzz, bzz. I assume that was whis- uh, whis- uh, oh, I thought he was just. Bu- I thought he was just buzzing in his ears. Could have been. So one moonlit night as Diana sleeps, the... Uh, 
the Carpo's men scale the wall outside of her castle. And I love how that's his plan. He goes, hey, all right, here's the plan. We're going to climb up and steal her bow. While she's sleeping. While she's Look sleeping. at her sleeping, though. I mean, she's, like, out like a light. She's all sprawled out. She took an Ambien before. <laughs> yeah. So they grab her bow, and they go, uh, no use. Your magic bow is ours. You're our prisoner. So they lock her in the uh, old uh, AS up. <laughs> But he says uh, he's going to conjure up the green arrow. He gets out this <clears throat> this uh, it looks like a large cigarette, a marijuana <laughs> cigarette. He lights it on fire. He's like, "Let's just wake and bake, Diane. He's I know like, how to get green arrow here." First, I burn my magic formula, then sprinkle on this powder, <laughs> and then smoke. That is what he says too. I mean, so he's I'm assuming he's smoking formula. a he's smoking a big whiff and uh, doing some cocaine, I guess. And then all of a sudden, uh, Green Arrow and, and Speedy jo- show up. They were in the in the museum before, and now they're in their Green Arrow clothes. So yeah, I guess they changed their clothes while they were going through this time. Dimension. Yeah, yeah. So better uh, than changing your clothes outside like they have been doing. <laughs> so they uh, <clears throat> they uh, tell Diana, "Don't don't worry, we'll help you get out of this." They after they. Ex- <laughs> Oh, so let me start over. Uh, the old man explains to Green Arrow that he warped them here from the 20th century. <laughs> he Green goes, Arrow gives him a real smart-ass He answer. does. He goes, you are Green Arrow and, and you are Speedy, men of the 20th century. And Green Arrow goes, pay the man $64, Speedy. Then ask him what we don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Did they pay him $64, do you think? Yeah, I mean, if they did, well, I mean, what good would have done this old man? Yeah, I know. He doesn't know what a dollar is. I don't think they take sixty four dollars there. So the old man, ex- the old man would want Andrew Jackson taken off the twenty. <laughs> like Diana should be on this. <laughs> so the old man explains to Green Arrow and Speedy um, uh, that he warped him there. Oh, where am I? Okay, and uh, and he says, "You got to help us get out. You got to help us defeat Carpo." And so Green Arrow whips out. They see the uh, he whips out his bow and arrow. Says, "Let let me handle this." They see the jailer. He's sleeping by a set of keys. Green Arrow gets out his uh, boomerang arrow, shoots it, captures Wait, Di- Diana says, "Wait, but you'll kill him. That won't help us." And then Green Arrow, again being a smart Alex, says, "Hardly." I know. He's just he's showing off in front of the ladies here, or yeah. lady. And so he gets the key. They they get themselves. Well, he th- out. he thinks Anus is a lady too. He's, <laughs> the whole. Man. I think. It, yeah, I think it's because of the time travel kind of screwed with his yeah, head. Yeah, he's a, he's a little delusional. So. uh... The old the guard is sleeping, and instead of just sneaking past him, Green Arrow just w- runs up and clocks him right in the face. But uh, some of the other of Carpo's men see him; they rush down. Uh, they start pelting them with arrows. Green Arrow whips out his uh, steel-tipped arrows and makes a ladder. Of course, Diana's impressed. They climb up. He the makes ladder. Diana go up first, and look at Green Arrow in that panel. Look at Green Arrow looking at her going up the. Oh, you're right. I didn't notice that. What a he's looking answer. straight up her skirt. He's always one thing on his mind, even if he's time-traveled or whatever. I know. So they start racing away, but her castle's a couple miles away. They're never going to get to it in time to warn her men to come and save them. Green Arrow goes, hey, check out this other trick I have. He shoots these arrows up into the sky, forms a giant arrow like a bat signal, and uh, Diana's men say, a gigantic flaming arrow. Diana calls for help. Only her bow could create such magic. They bust in, bust into Carpo's castle. Uh, kill, slay, all of, kill all of Carpo's I men. I assume slay all of his men. And Carpo uh, is captured. He says, uh, have mercy on me, Diana. And she goes, to the dungeon with this tyrant. She, I think she's the true tyrant. I do, too. Uh, the next day, so dot, dot, Green, dot. Yeah, Green is about to make time with Diana. And then Speedy says, my turn next, gah. Yeah, but we see back in the castle the old man smoking another fatty. And he sends Green Arrow and Speedy back, and uh, they're back in the museum, and uh, Green Arrow's thinking, yeah, Diana was quite the girl. And then all of a sudden, uh, he goes, hey, where'd you get that arrow? He says it to to Bucky. He goes, I don't know. It must have been here on the couch. It's a weird ending. <laughs> Why did he call him Bucky? Oh, who? Sorry. It's Speedy. <laughs> Speedy, yeah. Uh... I get my Boy. my sidekicks mixed up. Yeah, like and gold, I just all that time up. travel is uh, messed with my my brain too. I guess he's kind of like so, a yeah. Bucky-ish character, right? He is, yeah. 
but look at that. My turn next, guh. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that he wants Green Arrow to do the, whatever I, he's I doing that, Diana to him, or <laughs> if he's like, let me have a chance at Diana next. Our... <laughs> it's going to be a long episode. We had that mini movie review in the <laughs> Yeah, I know. All right, a movie and toy review. Yeah, I know. All right, the from, final story. Uh, okay. From from 1946 to 1949, there was the Glass Bowl. It was held in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> That's one of the, the, the bowl. The bowl bowl. <laughs> I'm upset from 97 to 2013 in Detroit, Michigan, there was the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. That's no longer around. That's Little Caesars is still around. Do you guys have well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever get the $5 hot and ready no. pizzas? Mm-mm, no. You know, in some places they have them, if you go to like a Kmart. Yeah, they're in Kmart. So. They'll, no, no, they'll have oh. a little Caesar in the Kmart, right? But in the yeah, checkout yeah. aisle, like as an impulse buy, they'll yeah, have they like have... a little heated area, like a little heated. Uh, like a... Can you hear Kitty Meow? Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll have like a little heated box where you can just grab a hot and ready pizza. Oh wow! Do you do that? I haven't seen them here, but I've I actually oh, haven't yeah. seen one in real life, but I've heard about it. You get Little Caesars from time to time, don't you? I do, yeah. Yeah, it's it's five dollars for a whole pizza, and it's not good pizza, but. Do you ever get crazy bread? No, I feel like that's a, you know, that, they get you in for the pizza, and then you can buy the crazy bread and you can buy the soda. What makes stuff. it crazy? I don't know. It's crazy good, I guess. That's true. I never thought of that. It's but it's not. Yeah. Well, anyway, Aquaman. Uh, 45 to 49. 45 yeah. to 49 was the Raisin Bowl. <laughs> California Raisin Bowl? It was in Fresno, yeah. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. What I like is, like, you know, today all of them are in, like, places like Phoenix and, you know, Los Angeles, Miami, you know, places like that. And I told you the one that was in Toledo, the Glass Bowl, you know? Yeah. The Refrigerator Bowl, which was from 48 to 56, was in Evansville, Indiana. Yeah, that's not even a good place to be. Anyway, I mean, Toledo's got stuff, right? Yeah. The Sunflower Bowl, 82 to 86, so it was recent. It was in Winfield, Kansas. Do you think that Jim Beard ever went to the uh, the Glass Bowl? No, but from 41 to 48, he went to the Vulcan Bowl. <laughs> Do you think that's where Gene Roddenberry got the idea for a Vulcan, was from the Vulcan Bowl? Where was the Vulcan Bowl held? Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. The man who oh, robbed man. Davy Jones' locker. We see Aquaman uh, swimming up. You know, he's got to uh, take a vacation every once in a while. He's Him and his seal pal arc taking a vacation swim in the Pacific. Aquaman says, I, like they, I like how they decide to, to vacation in the Philippines. I think they were probably going to go get prostitutes. Yeah, he goes, uh, let's, let's, but they're swimming up to the USO camp in the Philippines. Yeah, but um, look at that show that's going on in the USO show. <laughs> Aquaman says to his, uh, his seal pal arc, let's, uh, it's a beach stage show for sailors. Let's join them in Ark. And at first I'm thinking, why is his name Ark? But then he, he just goes, Ark, Ark, Ark. All right, yeah, I was, wondering, never, I was wondering the same thing, too. Never clever at uh, naming. So Aquaman walks in, and we see a bunch of sailors. Oh, we, we see that later with all of his many friends that help. Yes. And their names. <laughs> uh, we see the, the GI theater. We see some ladies dancing up there. Aquaman's there just holding a seal in the middle of this whole thing. <laughs> Well, our cat wants to see. I mean, he's not very tall, so yeah, Aquaman so can hold him up. up. I mean, what are, what are the sailors thinking? Like, oh, God, here's Aquaman again. But they're probably like saying, but he brought Ark. Awesome. <laughs> so we see the uh, the next act is Flippy the Seal. And Aquaman says, want to meet Flippy? Let's go backstage. When they go backstage, uh, we see <laughs> – I love this. We see this clown, and he's he's like kind of giving medicine to some uh, – Aquaman just walks in on this scene. The clown's like, oh, uh, uh, and we see this clown, he's holding some kind of weird bottle, and the seal is laying down on a table. With a cover with on a him. With a cover on him. And, and the, the clown just really awkwardly goes, oh, uh, poor Flippy has a head cold. He's too sick to perform today. I don't I don't want to know what was going on before Aquaman walked back. I don't either. And Aquaman says, don't worry, I'm Aquaman, as if you didn't know. My seal, Ark, will take Flippy's place in the show, and Ark goes, Ark, Ark. And then they have a little translation, which means in seal... But I don't know any tricks. And but Aquaman's that Aquaman like, doesn't care. He doesn't. He doesn't care. And then, and then he, Aquaman's kind of showing uh, Ark some tricks. He goes, "Play Happy Days, Ark, and remember, a seal blows horns with his nose, not his mouth." And Ark just humiliated. Yeah. Aquaman throwing a stick at Ark, and he's catching it and flipping it back and spin it faster. And uh, Ark is 
it's just this torture basically mm-hmm. uh meanwhile uh another part of manila the the S- secret seven gang is doing well they go all this okay swag. look at them do they look like Japanese guys, or did they just... No, they look, look like... like uh, I think they were... Yeah, they just look like gangsters, I guess. Yeah. And they go... They have a book in the middle that says U.S. Army Payroll. They go, we robbed the Yanks this time. Um, and I next... thought they robbed the Yankees. Like the New <laughs> That's York what it was, yeah. The next day between shows, Aquaman and Ark are taking a walk on the beach, and Aquaman uh, sees some guys kind of like uh, some GIs out on a boat. He asks them what they're doing, and one guy... Wait, 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 he picked up Ark again. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why he's, he's always just carrying Ark around. Uh, the guy says, hey, Aquaman, maybe you can help us. That's like my, what can I just say, that's like my favorite thing in Aquaman now, is him just carrying around the seal. <laughs> uh, he says, goofiest looking thing. Maybe you can help us out of this jam, here's the story. Uh, you go, remember 1942? Uh, he's saying the Japanese charged through the, through Bataan going towards... Uh, Manila MacArthur's men collected all U.S. money in the Philippines and dumped it into the bay. It didn't actually happen. And all the money happens to be in, like, gold coins, too. Yeah. Um, they never found our underwater bank, and now we've won the war, and the army divers are retrieving the cash. So guys are going down there. They're getting the cash, but the millions of dollars are going missing. Somebody's stealing a fortune every day. And Aquaman's like, I hope they don't figure out it's me. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he goes, I'll figure out what's going on. So he uh, goes down there. I'll figure out what's going on, but will you take Ark to the show? Yeah, that's what he says. Take Ark back to the show, and Ark's like, "No, God, please save me." So Aquaman goes down. He asks some fish. Do you uh, think? Do you think Aquaman's getting paid for Ark doing this? Doing this yeah, show? Yeah, of course. He's like pimping out Ark to the USO shows. Uh, Aquaman t- asks the fish to. T- it's a little conf- this as many Aquaman stories. It's confusing. Like, like the, he's asking the fish, "Where do the divers go?" And uh, he takes him to this uh, submarine base, and we see, like, a mostly naked guy swimming in. Aquaman shocks him. Uh, an innocent man. Let's just say that he, he even says, well, Jimmy Eels is his Eels friend name. And he says an electric eel sting is as good as a bullet. And so, so I'm watching I, this we, guy getting stung over and over. It's like he's getting shot. And Aquaman's basically, and Aquaman just shot him. So we <laughs> yeah. can assume the guy's dead. So Aquaman goes in. He sees in the deep sea gang's headquarters, it's japanese people i still didn't realize they were japanese they just yeah look like normal people i know not that japanese aren't normal people but you know what i mean uh, it doesn't look like your stereotypical uh right they don't propaganda japanese and they go wow the yankees some, help of, them, for... some of them even have brown hair yeah it's it's this this whole issue is really weird uh so these guys are stealing money and aquaman busts in <laughs> i says aquaman attacks and so they're yelling at him in japanese and uh aquaman takes them all out but some of them escape uh they're say we're gonna re- re- meet at beach x let's get out of here uh outside the sub i guess the guy that aquaman had shot with the eel earlier he's he's getting back to stealing the gold but aquaman sees him he tackles him uh brings him down this guy now has a uh a flamethrower flamethrower and is shooting it at aquaman but aquaman says uh aquaman tells swordfish sam to to spear this guy he the swordfish kills the guy, and the and then the the Japanese guy says, "I must die by harakiri," which is when the uh, samurai will stab themselves in the stomach to kill yeah. themselves. It's ritual suicide, right? Yeah. And so later that night, uh, this guy washes up on the beach. His friends see him, and, and they so say, they'll do it too. You kill yourself, so we must follow our honorable ancestors, and they all kill themselves. This it, this story has a high body count. This is it's bizarre. Anyway, one of them doesn't kill himself. Uh, he survives. And uh, Aquaman comes up on the scene of these dead guys all who all committed suicide. <laughs> and I love this. Aquaman is is talking to uh, Ark. Him and Ark come up on this but scene. But he's talking in Seal. He's, so he's, he's saying, Ark, Ark, Ark. And what that means is they'll no longer rob us thanks to Swordfish Sam. This is horrific. These guys have Ark. all killed themselves. And Ark, Ark gives an Ark, Ark. Yeah, and which means look out and this other guy who didn't kill himself. He said, I'd swore I'd kill you before I died, Aquaman. Drop that club. Aquaman has a, a club in his hand now all of a sudden somehow. So he throws it back to Ark who whips it up into the guy's face, smacking him in the face, killing him. And Aquaman at the end is sitting on him. Farting on him probably. <laughs> he goes, he's out cold and that's the last of the Secret Seven. Of course, Ark the Seal is really happy. Later, 
we see Ark is getting an award, a Medal of Honor from the general, and the the general says, "Now Ark and Aquaman can take a real vacation." But first, here's a medal for Ark, Uncle Sam's Super Seal. I like how Art was the one that got all the glory. Yeah, though. I know. It's not like Chewbacca who didn't get the medal at the end of. Star yeah, it's kind of like the reverse. It would be like if Chewbacca got the medal and Han Solo and Luke Skywalker didn't. Yeah. But yeah, that story it's it's weird because it's racist and uh, it's it doesn't even fit into the time period. Like if you look at the the propaganda, the racism in the propaganda from mm-hmm. the uh, 1940s, it's part of the the war propaganda. So you could say sort of like yeah. they're they're positioning Japan as our enemy and uh and it, and it makes sense in that context. Not that it's justified, but you you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But this no, is, yeah, I know exactly what you're this saying. Japan was our ally at this time. It's it's bizarre to have this. Yeah, kind so of it was kinda weird. Yeah, yeah, I know I thought it was weird. And, Although and, I did like I did like the story because of Ark. Yeah, I, I, and I hope Aquaman see carrying him around again next time. Well, that was it. Uh, Adventure Comics number oh, one. I, I, I have to mention though. Did you look at the Baby Ruth ad on the very last page? No, let me have a look at it. Yeah, it's like nightmare inducing. It's a giant. Uh... <laughs> Polly wants a cookie made with Baby Ruth candy. It's a giant parrot screaming at a lady. It is. It, it looks is like she, he's going to kill her. This issue is really dark and racist, and a lot of people mm. died in a giant parrot. All right. There's also an ad for a BB gun. Yeah, different, uh, different time. Different time. It says, boy, it's keen. G-boy repeating capital. Don't shoot your eye out. Anyway. And then there's a 16 millimeter home movie projector <laughs> for seventeen dollars and fifty cents, and I looked it up from with the inflation calculator, and that'd be like two hundred and fifty dollars. That's not terrible. Not terrible. No, but that would be like having like a Blu-ray player like advertised in like some sort of something for like little kids. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, uh, that was it. Issue one eleven. Join us again Wednesday after next. Uh, yep. Send us emails, oh. Steve and Andy at email dot com. Uh, join our Facebook page, facebook dot com slash Steve and Andy. Like us on iTunes. Review, subscribe, tell your friends. Any parting comments? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do we get any emails? No emails. We need some no. emails. So no. Send us an email. Tell yeah, us your favorite arc story from this. Issue. I think there's only one. <laughs> there's only one. All right. Hopefully, we'll see Arc again next time. I hope so. He is the best character. <laughs> All right, Andy. I will talk to you later. Talk to you later. Tell me, Doctor, where are we?